Hello, everybody. Welcome to the One Shop Movement podcast, where we're diving deep into people's stories to drive inspiration, motivation, pulling out wisdom from people's adversity and their entrepreneurial journey. Today, we will be interviewing Mr. Jack DeLosa, and we're going to start this series with him because he's forward the book, my book, You've Got One Shot. So I thought, why not start with Mr. Jack DeLosa? And we did an interview with Jack um, a little while ago now face to face we're talking about all things entrepreneurship you're going to get some incredible value out of this very first podcast to get a bit more of an understanding of jack's background he's uh, a best-selling author with two books at the moment he's listed in the brw rich list multiple times Uh, he's got the largest education institute he's a founder of that business the entourage he has his own tv show on sky tv entrepreneurs. He's an incredible, incredible entrepreneurs with amazing deep wisdom, amazing backstory. He's been through challenges himself and he's rise through all the challenges. So why not start with the first episode of the One Shop Movement podcast with Mr. Jack DeLosa. Craig Schultz coming to you from the Yarra Valley. I'm here with one of Australia's leading entrepreneurs. I've been on a leadership retreat up here with six or seven of the biggest entrepreneurs in Australia covering all sorts of areas from tech to operations to lifestyle. We're here Yarra Valley where we did an incredible wine tour, uh, mastermind session and, and to finish off the weekend I'm here interviewing the man himself, Mr. Jack DeLosa, and I want to share with you some real powerful messages and insights to what it takes to being an incredible entrepreneur. Jack's been um, in business effectively since he's around 18 years of age. He'll share more about his story, which is so powerful, but along a journey, he's had a lot of successes in business, I learned a lot of lessons in businesses and now leads one of the biggest uh, education foundations in Australia called The Entourage, the founder of that. But he's had uh, a TV show called The Entrepreneur, so Sky News every week, tune into that. He's a well or uh, best-selling author. He's an amazing entrepreneur and I'm so happy to be able to interview Jack today. So welcome, Jack. Thanks, Craig. You're an absolute legend, mate. I, I'm, I'm equally as much of a fan of you, so uh, really happy to be here. Cool. So look, I guess I really want to start on entrepreneurship and journey. And you uh, have uh, built an incredible business, but you've also had some amazing challenges along the journey. And mm. you know, a really you know, I took a lot out of your story when you had rose to the top and one government decision left you in a really, I guess, tough situation and you navigated your way through to being where you are today. I'd like you to share right back when you started your first part of your journey right through to now so just people get an understanding of what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. Right. So, you know, I, I, I did go to university, but I only lasted about three months. And so my apprenticeship happened out in the real world, right? I think that whether you go to university or TAFE or, um, or, or, or go straight into running your own business, you're going to do your apprenticeship period. It's just that uh, often as entrepreneurs, our apprenticeship is self-driven, self-initiated. We set the curriculum uh, and, and it's carried out in the real world under the guise of trial and error, right? And so 
Um, it's, it's, uh, it's an incredibly effective way, I think, for entrepreneurs to get a foothold in whatever industry they want to go into. So, yeah, I started my first business at the age of 18. Um, the, the problem with me starting a business at the age of 18 is that I thought I knew everything, right? And then uh, and as you progress and the further you go, uh, the more you realize you really don't know and don't understand. But that was a really important introduction to business for me, right? It was discouraging, it was stressful, it was hard. It was anything but successful. Uh, at the age of 20, I was in over a quarter million dollars worth of debt. You know, we were spending money that we didn't have. We were going backwards. I was working harder than anybody else I knew. Um, and that was all absolutely critical for me to understand, um, firstly, what not to do in business, some of the things as to what to do in business, and, and perhaps most importantly, the emotional fortitude required in order to sustain and maintain and have longevity in this game. Um, fast forward a few years, I, I, I started a company uh, called MBE Group in 2007 and um, we would help small to medium sized companies raise money from investors, acquire businesses, sell businesses. That was really my first home run and so with MBE we helped organisations transact hundreds of millions of dollars uh, with one of Australia's fastest growing companies and so that gave me the foundation from a financial sense and a network sense and a credibility sense and a capability sense to actually come back to what my dream had always been, which was to start a training institution for people that make an impact in the world. And so that's what gave rise to the Entourage, uh, who are today Australia's largest training institution uh, for business owners. Cool. And uh, I guess um, moving into that Entourage phase, when you dive deep into that, you went down a model which was a really successful business, yeah. but then you faced challenges and you've said it live uh, where you were 90 days away with $800,000 a month worth of income you, you, you really needed to replace. So right. you want to talk about you know, challenge and, and rising from, I guess, a tough situation yeah. that you faced and how you were able to navigate your way through um, that situation. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's such a multi-layered answer. You know, the entourage, we've always existed um, for business owners, right? And so, um, you know, this weekend we're on a retreat here in Yarra Valley for our Elevate members and it's an average revenue per business of $3.5 million. So it's elite entrepreneurs who want to scale, want to build a business and build an engine that can scale beyond them. In 2015, we went into accredited education with the government. So a regulated space that comes with qualifications, so diplomas, advanced diplomas, and it also came with government funding. But we went into that space incredibly successfully. Uh, it was one of the most successful launches uh, the country had ever seen in terms of going into that space. And, and not just by size or by quantity or by growth, but by student success rates, student engagement rates, student retention rates, um, you know, we, 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 we were able to take the muscle that we built in, you know, the independent world or the non-government world and, and, and demonstrate that capability in, the, in, a, in a regulatory environment. After being in that space for about three months, the government started to make changes. And so the first change was that um, the government weren't going to... So if you, can, if you can imagine a whole bunch of students all around Australia going for education that the government is funding, um, the government were going to withhold cash from the industry for about six months. And so we had a huge cohort of students moving through the entourage and uh, recognising the revenue. The students were valid but not seeing the cash. And so for us, six months became nine months and that represented a $6 million cash flow lag. And so that takes us to October 2016. 
Then in October 2016, as they started to sort of pay that money, which replenished some of the some of the financing that I needed to do along the way just to bridge that gap, um, they 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 announced. We found this out from the front page of the newspaper that they were going to change the entire space. Um, and 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 so at that point, I decided right, we're coming out of this space. I can't build anything substantial or sustainable with the government. They're too unreliable. They don't care, and they're very incompetent. And so. Uh, that meant that we were three months away from a monthly loss of $800,000, right? I'll say that again. Three months away from a monthly loss of $800,000. And, and so began the, the most challenging period of my life. Um, and so we restructured the organisation. We went from about 90 people down to 40. Uh, we refocused the entire institution on our non-government training and education, our independent training and education. And, and really needed to rescale. But um, it taught, you know, I learned more in a year than I had in the previous 10 years. It really was the hardest period of my life and I wish it upon nobody because, you, you know, when, you, when you're a week away from commercial death at any given moment, you know, you don't sleep very well, you don't eat very well, you don't think very well, regardless of what you're doing. And, you know, as managing investors and managing banks and managing lawsuits and managing students and, um, you know, we've got a really family feel culture at the entourage, and so and so. You know, needing to, uh, you know, execute say forty redundancies in a day is incredibly painful, and so it's it's like going through hell for a period, right? Um, but I became a better CEO, a better entrepreneur, a better human being. Uh, it knocked a lot of arrogance out of me that needed to be knocked out of me. Um, my team stepped up to a huge degree, made us a better team, and where we sit today, you know, where are we? Mid two thousand and eighteen. We are undoubtedly the best version of us we have ever been. And that is uh, primarily due to my team and secondarily due to the lessons that were thrown up from 2016. Cool. And like, I guess uh, the reason I'm diving into this as a bit of a, a topic is entrepreneurship is a journey. Like I've been on a personal business journey where I've had incredible successes, challenges, successes, challenges, and I want people to really understand that yeah. it is a journey and it is a process and you have to be patient. And that's one of the key things that I often tell people, patience is everything for success. Right, so, and I'll just reiterate that, right? Like the further one goes in business, I think people do have this misconception, right? Where you know, when I'm doing a million bucks, my problems will be solved, and then they're not. And then when I'm doing 10, my problems, and then they're not. And then, okay, when I'm doing 50, and it's like, you know, as, as, as your organization grows, or as your career goes, grows, or as your relationship grows, or as anything grows, as do the challenges, right? It doesn't become easier necessarily. You know, the Olympic athlete, finds their sport every bit as challenging as the amateur. It's a really interesting principle to think about. Cool. And, and I guess uh, you touched on one point there where you are a family-based business and you've got an incredible culture inside your organisation. Can you share a little bit about how you built that culture and what was the key elements to culture and how important is culture business right yeah 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 it's a very good question yeah so um, so we're not a family business per se in that I'm doing it with my family but we we are incredibly close culture as such we are a high we call ourselves a high performance team with a family feel the reason we don't say we're a family business is because family should come with unconditional love right to a large degree 
Um, and working at the entourage and, you know, working with people, you know, if you were to work with Craig in his business, it's not unconditional. You need to perform. You need to earn your spot every week, every day. You know, you need to earn New Jersey every single week. And so we used to say we're a family. We now say we're a high-performance team in the family field. How have we built that? I think organizations have a DNA, right? Every organization has a DNA. Picture, it, picture, picture an organization as an organism or a cell in and of itself, and there's a soul to the organization. And what I did a number of years ago is I, I sort of thought to myself for years, if you were to reverse engineer the soul of the organization, like, because that's a very vague term, like, what the fuck is a soul of an organization? Like, and so reverse engineer that. And, and essentially, my best attempt at doing that was your soul is comprised of three things. The soul of the organization is comprised of three things. Your vision, why you exist, what's the impact you want to make. You know, Jeunesse has a really clear vision. Uh, your mission who the organization is becoming, right? So your vision is focused on the difference that you want to make. So it's outwardly focused. It's contribution-centric. It's not focused on us. It's the difference this business can make in the world. And I'm not talking about philanthropy. The second one is mission. So that is focused on us as a business. Who do we want to become? And then the third is values, which are principles that govern and guide who we are and who we must be along the way. So the values are a set of agreements and commitments that we make to one another in terms of how we're going to be showing up as our best selves. And so I only recruit people that are innately inspired by our vision, I deem to have the emotional fortitude and strength of character to fight for the mission and are incredible human beings and therefore can embody the values. And so, you know, we were just talking about it yesterday as we were going in, on a wine tour here in the beautiful Yarra Valley. Some of the Elevate members were talking about, you know, it seems like Entourage has a whole bunch of people and, and we're all the same. We've all got very very different skill sets, but there's a huge values alignment um, that, that, that lends itself to a really strong cohesion. Cool. And I guess I watch your journey to date, um, pre being uh, working with you at the Entourage, you know, as one of your clients. And I guess I've seen you build this massive audience and a really incredible following. And, uh, you know, I, I want you to share a bit about, I guess the best example of what I've seen you achieving that was the other day where through 2006 you shelved a passion of yours which is your podcast and you announced it on a Facebook live that you were relaunching your podcast and it went number one within 48 hours 48 hours just off one Facebook live and I think about the power of having a following building an audience and you know, for someone that's new to entrepreneurship, if they do a Facebook Live and expect their podcast to be number one, well, they probably don't have a podcast to start with, but if they expect it to be number one in 48 hours, they're dreaming. So do you want to share a little bit about your um, building your audience and the value and power of that to yeah. your following? Yeah, it's a very good question. It's, it's, it's so incredibly important. If you think back 20 years ago, if you wanted to uh, reach audience or reach people, you had three channels. You had TV, print, radio, right? And therefore, you'd need to rent eyeballs. You know, you'd need to rent 30 seconds from Channel 9 or half a page from Sydney Morning Herald or Herald Sun or whatever state you live in. Um, or you'd need to rent 30 seconds on Nova or Triple J or whatever it might be. Uh, and it was expensive, right? And so those with the largest advertising budgets had the loudest voice. And then this magical thing called the internet came along and, and it didn't level the playing field. It actually gave us, you know, the underdog entrepreneurs, 
a, a huge advantage because we can do things like we're making TV right now. We're doing this. We're doing this, whatever that is, and we're filming that there. Can you just make sure I'm, that frame's good, Lucas? One second. Right? And so we're, like, this is TV. And, um, and, and the reason we have an advantage now is larger corporations, they don't go, hey, Craig, we should film a quick interview together. You know, let, like, I've got a lot to share, you've got a lot to share, let's, let's rock and roll, get three cameras in a room, have an unfiltered conversation, unedited conversation. Doesn't need to go through any legal departments, doesn't need to go through any marketing departments, doesn't need to go through any managerial approvals, all that shit, right? Doesn't need any of that, and we can just rock and roll and jam. And the reason that's so important is because of a key principle called recency and frequency. And recency and frequency says this, when a customer makes a buying decision, the company that is front of mind is the company that's contacted them the most recently and the most frequently, right? And so the challenge for us as entrepreneurs becomes how do you touch your audience and speak to your audience frequently in a way that's not pushy, spammy, salesy, or annoying? And the answer is add value, right? Think about what your customers want and give it to them through content and, and, and information you know, channels like this, whether it's books, ebooks, videos, blogs, articles, podcasts, whatever. Help them get the results that they come to you for before they buy from you in order to build relationship and achieve recency and frequency. And what that does is it means that you will occupy the space in your consumer's mind and consumer's heart that when they think of uh, health and nutrition products or anti-aging products or when they think of training uh, in, for business owners, you're front of mind, right? And so your audience is the number one asset that you can own as a small to medium-sized business. And actually, as, fuck that as any size business in 2018. And I guess um, a, a question to put you on the spot here, I, uh, it's an interesting question. I got asked this myself on a podcast in the US a, a few years ago, and you know, you've built an audience, you've built a following, you've got a list, an incredible database that you've built over 12 years, and that's taken time to build that trust. Now, if I was to ask you in 2018, if you couldn't use your profile, have access to your contacts list, where would you start again to rebuild a list and how would you do it? That is a very, very, very good question. Um, entrepreneurship is about alchemy, right? What's alchemy? It's creating something out of nothing. And so the, the, the principles inherent in the answer to this question, I think, are the fundamental principles that enable great entrepreneurship. So let me tell you what I did in 2008, and then I'll give you the 2018 version. Um, so what I did, I had no profile yet. I uh, didn't have a, a sort of contact list in, in this particular area. And so what I did is I thought Janine Alice was, was and is uh, an incredible, iconic Australian entrepreneur. Um, and there was a magazine that was really prominent about 10 years ago called Think Big Magazine, and they were a personal and professional development magazine. And so they would host entrepreneurs and anyone that was doing anything amazing in the world, they'd write stories on these people. And I knew, I knew they were a lean team. They didn't have a lot of writers and editors and that sort of stuff. Um, and so I reached out to, so I didn't have an audience, I didn't have distribution, I had no way of contacting Janine Alice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if I reached out to Janine Alice and said, I'm gonna start this company one day, and can I interview you, she would've gone, who are you? Uh, and if I reached out to Think Big and said, can I write for you, they would've gone, who are you? And so what I did is I reached out to Think Big Magazine, and I said, if I, write a, if I interview Janine Alice and write a double-page story on her, 
will you give me two pages in the magazine? And they came back and said, if you interview Janine Alice, we will definitely give you a double page spread. And so then I went to Janine Alice and I said, hi Janine, I write for Think Big Magazine, we want to do a double page spread on you. We've got a distribution of 140,000 business owners across Australia, uh, can you allocate 45 minutes for me to interview you? And she said, absolutely, I'd love to be in Think Big Magazine, thank you, yes, when do you want to come out? And I went out and I interviewed her, right? And so this is what I mean by creating something out of nothing. I didn't have distribution, I didn't have Janine Alice, but by going to Think Big and just out, I didn't just outlining a strategy as to how, how we could interview her, and then going to Janine with distribution that I didn't own, I was able to connect the two, and, and, and that kind of gave me my first column, if you like, in a magazine, because then I just started to reach out to every entrepreneur, and I went and interviewed everybody. Um, and so how would you do that in 2018? I would do the exact same thing, I'd just do it digitally. And so I'd go to an Elite Daily, or I'd go to a news.com, or I'd go to a, a, a blog or, a, or a, a media platform that is semi-prominent, probably not a news.com, because they're like tier one, right? So, so it's, they've, probably got, they're pro they're probably doing the content that they want to do to a large degree, sort of. Um, but let's say a tier two or a tier three. I think Big was probably a tier two or tier three magazine at the time. You know, it wasn't, um, I don't know, what's a tier one magazine? It wasn't, um, it wasn't Time magazine, you know, was, so Time magazine, tier, Think Big was here. And so find tier two, tier three media outlets and, and work out what they want, what content they want access to, what people you want access to, and then bring the person, uh, be the person that brings them all together. That's a very, very good advice. And look, I mean, um, yeah, I love listening to your story and talking to you. And you, know, you are really um, into growth and personal growth. And you know, that's one thing I've always tried to embed in all my training and education is you will earn to where you grow. Mm. You know, your wealth will grow to where you grow. So you mm. need to become the, that person. And I mean, Jack, you read book after book after book after book, and you know your growth is and what you try and you know encourage, inspire people to do is just to become a better version of themselves. Right. How would you say, and how important is that for the entrepreneur? You know that ongoing personal growth, and how powerful can it be for their business long term? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's both fundamental and critical, and I don't use either of those words lightly. Fundamental being it's it's a fundamental that you need in order to build, and critical meaning you probably won't survive without it. Um, and it's similar to, I think we discussed this at the beginning of your interview in terms of the more I learn, the less I know. Uh, you know, you often find people that don't know a lot about a lot are really certain in their views because they're seeing this much and they think they've figured it out. And then when you actually start to learn more, you go, okay, I really realize I don't know a lot. And I'm never, regard, even if I live to 120, I'm not going to be able to figure it all out. And so one success comes more from how do you navigate not knowing than what you think you know, right? And so um, the, I think the further you go in life and business, the more you experience destruction of ego, which I think is also a necessary evolution to go on. Um, and with that comes a thirst for knowledge. And, and, uh, and the more one can commit to and dedicate time to learning, reading courses, follow Craig, read Craig's blog, tune into things like this, um, the more their life will grow um, in direct um, correlation to that. Yeah, and, and for me, I was talking to Jack about this over the weekend, that 
people use time as their excuse quite regularly, but for me, exercise and education gets done at the same time. So I want to be healthy, mm-hmm. I'll go and go for a run or I'll jump on some cardio or, or whatever it is, exercise, but I'll mm-hmm. have my podcast going and I'm learning and growing at mm-hmm. the same time. So I'm doubling down on my time mm-hmm. and that's sort of how I've been able to con- continually be on top of game in that area. And, mm-hmm. and one thing you often do say, skills are learned and mindset, so Jack's mindset in 2016 to carry forward must have been incredible. A lot of people would have quit and gave up, and that is the easy option there, but quitting is not an option. Right. Quitting is not an option, 100%. and skill, if skills are learned, you can build and develop a mindset. Yes, and that's, that's the key thing for me, is I view life through the lens that everything is a skill, right? And so marketing, it's a skill. Sales, it's a skill. Product, it's a skill. Operations, it's a skill. Finance, it's a skill. Leadership, it's a skill. Uh, Management, it's a skill. Raising money, it's a skill. Running gyms, it's a skill. Uh, Being a vision-based leader is a skill. Harvard have been producing research since the 1880s. It's the longest-running research project in known history, proving that happiness is a skill, no different to learning the violin, right? And so the, the reason why that is such a powerful paradigm to know and a position to come from is most people go through life and they go, oh, I'm not good at that. You know, and, and oh, I'm not good at that, and I'm not good at that. And they kind of shy away from confronting and shining a light on uh, what they're not great at. And so that means they're completely limited in what they're able to look at. Because if you're never willing to look at, look beyond your existing circle of competence, you're never going to venture into uncharted waters. And so when you approach everything from the position of it's just a skill, you go, okay, I suck at that. I really suck at that. And you know what? I'm probably going to suck at that for at least another three, six, and 12 months. And that's even if I dedicate time to learning. But I'm okay to suck for a while because I know that if I really put in the time and effort to dedicate to learning, after 12 months, I won't suck so bad. After 18 months, I'll be okay. After 24 months, I'll be pretty good. And after 36 months, I'll be great. And I mean, that there is, you know, I hammer this home so often to people is, you know, you've got to grow, you've got to go out there, you've got to develop your skills, get out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself. You know, that the big success always happens outside of your comfort zone. So just, we're starting to get towards the end of the interview, I could talk to you all day and ask <laughs> you lots of questions as I always do, but I guess um, I've heard you talk about how business is different now online from 2014 to 2018. Yeah. How, how would you say that that there and how relevant um, is it, you know, to adapt to change? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely critical. I think in terms of online, the main differences from 2014 to now is that it's become a lot more comprehensive and a lot more sophisticated. So in 2013-14, you know, you could, you could be good at Facebook, which was a relatively easy to use advertising platform. Uh, you, you could use Instagram, although I don't think they had an advertising feature back then. And it was all, it was all pretty, pretty simple, right? And there wasn't a lot of detail or, uh, not depth, but there wasn't a lot of detail to it all, right? Whereas today, you know, great brands have like a full-time person or full-time team on Facebook and a full-time team on YouTube, and a full-time team on Instagram, and a full-time team on Snapchat. You know, and I, I, don't, I don't think you need to be on every platform, by the way, I don't subscribe to that, but so to speak. Um, but 
I suppose what's changed is it's become a lot more comprehensive and therefore you just need to understand that every single one of those platforms is a platform and a channel in and of itself. Um, and so how you adapt to that, I think, as an entrepreneur is probably think about rather than trying to have one person or three or four people that do everything because it's really hard because there's so much there. Think about having, certainly have a core team if you'd like to, but engage in, in engage agencies. And it might be one for Facebook, one for YouTube, or it might be one agency that, that does, does a lot of it for you. But you, you probably need to think more about collaborative working with different organizations and agencies that, that, that bring the depth and level of skill required in each platform that's really hard to develop and maintain as a small team. And just, uh, I guess, one one last question. I want to talk about the power of vision mm. and how, you know, I guess you you um, can share your vision. People will follow you and, you know, you're really, really good at sharing vision and, and sharing the importance of it, but also storytelling yep. and the power of storytelling and, you know, how that can really get buy-in. Can you just share a bit about vision and being telling and, and telling stories and how yeah. powerful that can be yeah i think vision is so important because everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves especially people like you and i right and so we everyone wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves and everyone wants to do something meaningful right everyone wants to do something meaningful everybody in the world is in pursuit of one thing and that is fulfillment you know whether you're selling crack cocaine in the ghetto whether you're an entrepreneur in australia whether you're the president of the united states whether you're, um, you know, a, a businessman in Russia, everybody is pursuing what they believe will give them fulfillment. And so vision is so incredibly important because it helps give meaning and from meaning stems fulfillment. Um, storytelling is important because uh, you need to be able to not only speak to the minds of your consumer or audience, but the hearts of your audience, right? And, and it's, it's story is such a primary mode of communication at an instinctive level, you know, going back tens of thousands of years for human beings, that um, it's a really effective way to reach people's hearts um, without necessarily triggering critical faculty or crit critical thinking because people can learn from stories, see themselves in stories and therefore be moved by them. Yeah, and, and the reason I sort of wanted to touch on that with you, Jack, is people join people in business. Right. And, and I often talk to people about, you know, if you would you recruit yourself in business? You know, people join people and they join you because of your vision, they join you because of your story. So make sure that you work on developing a really good story that people want to join and follow you in business. Yep. So just wrapping up, Jack, what are your three favourite books in 2018? Oh. Principles by Ray Dalio. I'd have to say Conversations with God still, and it's not a religious book. It's it's a spiritual kind of a book. Uh, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a semi-spiritual person. Um, Principles, Conversations with God, and 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Cool. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to my audience. I've been really excited, actually, to, I guess... Uh, relate your journey of an entrepreneurship to actually my audience that are you know on an entrepreneurial journey as well, and I want people to understand that you know be patient, you will be challenged, you've got to grow for success, 
And if you keep you know, moving one step forward every single day, you will get there. Now that's a wrap of today's episode. Hope you got some incredible insights from Jack. I love when he was talking about building audience. If you had to start all over again, there's some amazing wisdom out of his episode today. If you like the episode, make sure you go to all the usual places where podcasts are stored, the iTunes, etc., and give us a rating, give us feedback because that's super important. If you haven't got the book, you've got one. Shop, make sure you go and buy the book or buy the book and give it to someone to if they're, they're in need, if they need help. Go to all our usual social places Instagram, the One Shot Movement, where we put a lot of our content there and really giving as much value as we possibly can around this message and around inspiration. You've got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot. Till next time, we will see you soon. Bye.